Hi everybody and welcome to the Endless Hells podcast. I hope you're all well. Who's going to watch along this evening and also in catch up? Today I'm going to be joined by show regular Franny. How you doing? Hi, all good, all good. Just down in Strand last evening working, but just here to talk Celtic. Yeah, and hopefully your your Wi-Fi holds up. You don't turn into a wee robot and anything. But coming to our special guest this evening, a singer, folk singer, rebel singer, whatever you want to call him. It's Matt O'Reilly. How you doing, buddy? Okay, mate. How are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. I mean, very brilliantly named, by the way, Matt O'Reilly, one of the best best <laughs> players in the Celtic team. Right? What? I got a wee bit excited on the weekend. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, it's good. it's good to have you on, but it's good to have you on. Um, I do want to say one thing, by the way, that, that ending on Friday Night Podcast was an absolute <laughs> shambolic, wasn't it, by the way? <laughs> Uh, and Ross McCall was on. Oh, mate. We could, my stream yard cut out, right? And I couldn't end the broadcast. So they were all on the screen, just looking at each other and still live, and I didn't know what to do. And I popped up my, dre- I popped up my dressing gown. <laughs> look, it looked well dodgy, mate. But it was just shambolic. But, and I do want to point as well our show sponsor, Sharna, get involved with them. Some great clubber in there, 10% off with a discount code below. Our t-shirts are coming out this week, so I'm delighted and I'm excited to actually see, see what they're like in person. But we'll crack on, and I'll come straight to you, Matt. Let's talk about Tynecastle. And we always do like a brief overview of the game, so kind of summarise the game for yourself. What was it like? It was... I couldn't have started better, to be honest. And I was a bit worried because of the, uh, the league game three days previous, you know. And uh, but how fast it started... Unbelievable, and our boy, I've run out of words to say how much I love him. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's unbelievable. And from to get a goal, got a accident. I just the game as a whole, I thought Celtic were comfortable. I, the worry, the worrying thing for the rest of the, the league is that I, I don't even think Celtic got out of second gear, and that's the third best team in the league. Do you know what I mean? So I was pleasing. I was buzzing. Yeah, hundred percent. I totally agree with you. To be honest, I've heard a lot of people say about this. We're not even out of first gear, second gear, Franny. And it seems like to me there was a lot of questions asked over social media. John Hartson, I think, brought it up on the radio channel he worked for, saying if this is a standard, then what do you expect? I mean, Celtic does show up and kind of win these games now. But Tynecastle, I mean, the atmosphere can be difficult. It can be toxic. Do you know what I'm saying? So you're kind of expecting a tough game. But I kind of agree with Matt. They're comfortable. Like what you would say, a comfy win. I certainly obviously... You you maybe laid down a wee bit of Matt by the way. That's a shocker a comment. That's a that's a classic jersey. Name. I said the top was nice before we come on. That's a top, classic jersey. I so we obviously had a had laid down a sort of a marker if you like midweek at Parkhead and stuff, but obviously you've gone to the, the cup game at Ten Castle it's predominantly a, a hard ground to go to the cows kind of on top of you and stuff and as a cup tie hearts of kind of nothing to lose really they, they can go for it but it's one of the best performances I think I've seen for us at, at Ten Castle in a long time the first 20 minutes I think we just took the game away from away from hearts and that obviously mm-hmm. they had their spells in the second half you're, you're going to expect that similarly like the league cup final where the team that like Rangers had spells in the game you're going to it's how you weather it dead Joe Hart had like that save in the first half is obviously crucial at 1 0, but it's one of the comfiest afternoons I think we'll ever have at Tencastle. I thought we absolutely bossed it for the majority of the game. It must be heartbreaking to be Robbie Nathan 
And I'm like, he must be crying himself to sleep every <laughs> night. So he, two defeats oh. in, a, in a week. That's shambolic for him. Uh, but and, in terms of it as well, and again, it was the first, wasn't it the first day for the Gorgi Ultras behind that goal? And they were, they were a shambles. Like, yeah. don't I mean, they were a shambles. But coming to you, <laughs> Matt, you mentioned Armoy. Now, if you've listened before, we all know my history of Armoy. And you say you're running out of words. I'm only starting to say he's good. So I'm, I'm still getting there. But, uh, in terms of what he, what he provided for the team, what I want to point out as well, and that build up to the first goal, was Jada. He literally sold Kingsley down a river by kind of dummying for the header. He, Kingsley was jumping for it, moved past him, and then a fizz ball in and a one-time finish by Aaron Boy. And not to mention, by the way, Rio Atate probably should have banged one in, but Sander Clark had a good save from it. But yeah, Aaron Boy, man, you, you take it away. You said that you're running out of words. What do you think about him so far in a Celtic shirt? Uh, I actually had him. Conversation were made about this. Uh, when he first signed, uh, my my first thing was, you know, great squad player. You know, he, he came on last 15 20 to see games out. But the thing that surprises me about him most is his work rate is phenomenal. You know, up and down. He's everywhere. And see, I don't think Celtic, for as good as McGregor, Brown, you know, Rodic, you know, all those other midfielders that have I don't think Celtic have had a player. It makes that late run in their box as, as well as him a long, long time. You know, that, that he, he almost delays his run, and that's how, he, that's how he got that goal. You know, they get delayed. You know, he waited and waited and waited, and then he sort of made the first. But he's he's phenomenal. And I was going again, talking, I, I did a bit of looking on Twitter, and there's Huddersfield fans on Twitter. It's Yanyo and he's there, and he's their greatest ever player. Like, I've seen that. Like yeah. That's a that's, that's, And see, then going back to the previous point there, um, we're just talking about John Hartson. I don't think Celtic can win at the minute because, you know, Stephen, they're not playing well. Celtic need to be better. They need to be blowing these teams away. But Stephen, Celtic are blowing these teams away. It's on a, The rest of the, the standards not good. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a catch 22. Celtic can never win. You know, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, just, I'm just savoring every single bit of it, this, including Robbie Nielsen Sears. And honestly, I think he's more unlikable than Michael Beale. Honestly, he's 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 just 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 he's I still think I'm going to stick to what I say. Like I still think he's slow as chips. Like, and he turns like RoboCop. I think he plays his best football when he's facing the play, and he can pick a pass and has a bit of time in the ball. But th- let's look at the finish. I mean, to be fair, to get that in with one touch, Jada fizzed that at him, and it was a bang pass on their clock before he could even die for it. So it was a great goal. And I, again, I want to reiterate, Jada played a key part in that. Uh, I thought. I mean, I can remember when Moy signed. I was. I admitted I was underwhelmed. I, I, I knew he was a good player. You knew you knew we were getting a good player, but it was just at the time I was like, we a bit short-sighted thinking, do we really need that type of player? Do we need an Aramoy? But by God, he's he's proved a lot of folk wrong. And I think he's, he's one of the first names in the team sheet that now it's not, it's no, is it Matt O'Reilly or uh, Aramoy? Matt O'Reilly's here. He's here. I know. I know that's why he's been demoted to, he's been demoted to this podcast. Because oh, yeah. of <laughs> And uh, but I, I mean, you said obviously like he plays his best stuff facing the goal. What football player doesn't play their best stuff facing the opposition goal? No football player really likes 
facing the other race. Was that, was that point? Was that point that stupid? I thought I was making sense. Thanks uh, for doing that. Yeah, to me, they know a couple of players likes playing, playing with like facing their own goal and in fairness, but I think it, it's intelligent how he gets in the, the positions and stuff, and his play is very deliberate. It, it looks slow, but it, it's not really. I think when you're good, you just you make things look easy, and it can look like you're slowing the game down and stuff like that, but. His goal, it was, his goal was really, really good. It's like Matt said earlier, he's just got a knack of fitting, getting in the box at the right time. He actually he's, he's no bursting a gut to get in the box. He knows the space isn't at the front post. Kyogo's got to be making that run. And he just holds back his run. It's a great pick out for Jota. And what a finish with just a minute and two minutes on the clock and that. And it just set the tone for the day and just settled us right down. But uh, Aaron Moy is... What a player he is. What a player. He is. He's turned out to be an absolute rock star for Celtic. And Matt, I knew I was going to get this question. Plugs being dug a bit earlier than I thought. Is Matt already your real name? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> anyway, I see when they were talking about Senator from NK Dons, uh, the amount of mass I got, but like, I'll give it this for the first one. And the guy who was Nancy Williams, he was like, he was like, I knew you were, I knew you were a good singer, a good guitarist, but. No, I'm like, I've never seen you play football. You've had everything you're some nice history. But we got play at Berlin. I got brought back rising down the earth. Um, as I was leaving the stage, a couple of boys come up to me and like, oh, I could show bro. Um, a couple of bars and a boy came over to me and said, Because obviously selling it arrived in Berlin. I was like, How does it feel? And all the monorails in Berlin right now, you're the only one. Cheers, <laughs> 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 eh? Cheers. <laughs> That's cool, bro. Like, Jerry, like, I was up here and I had it just from boom. <laughs> but uh, I think I'm like, it's got a cram and a left. That's a cracker. Jim Thomas comes in here to come to the comments. Um, the Scottish media will compliment us. They're, they're hurting big time and trying their hardest to get Ange and some of the players out the door. Long may their pain get in. You think that's what you were saying, Matt? We're in a catch 22 situation where. If we're not good, we're told to be better. And then if we're amazing, the teams are shit around about us. And again, we can't control who players they say. We can't control their squads. And it's just a bit of a lazy excuse to use that time and time and time again from media or managers. I find it really lazy. But coming back to you, Matt, there was a penalty claim for Alistair Johnson with everyone's favourite player, Andy Halliday. Turned into a wee bit of a cult hero for Celtic fans like... And he, I mean, some of the excuses I've heard for this is mad. I think it was Michael Stewart said, because the ball was away from him, it wasn't a penalty kick. But then you could take that argument, but like, so if the ball's away from someone in midfield, you went up and punched him. <laughs> Doesn't that count? <laughs> so he, he got he got took out in the box. What's your opinion? Penalty kick or no penalty? Penalty kick every single day of the week and twice on a Sunday. It, it's, do you know what I imagine those kicks? I, I was looking at it and I went, would that have been, would that have been given in our box? 100% of it. Without a shadow of a doubt. It's, it, it was such a stonewaller, but, uh, you know, I never really bought into the the referees where we did bus back in Scotland, really. You always have this until this year, but my word. Like, ah, oh, apparently every day of the week. I, I don't know how I missed it, how VAR didn't even look at it. I know. I, I yeah, think that as well. Talk about the referees being suspect. Did you see that video of Tavernier and McGregor and uh, John Beaton before the Rangers game? Uh, they're in the tunnel and they're all shaking hands and having a joke with each other and that. Met them. Yeah. Aye. Like I'm, cup like, and I'm cup. Not saying, no. I, no. I'm not saying like a like your part no. of it, but like you just can't be doing that sitting here and a joke and shaking their hands and all that in the tunnel. Before yeah. Maybe. 
maybe McGregor's come from the point of view of being like, we know we're going to win. Another smile and I'll fit you this no, in no, the tunnel no, while no, we're no, here. No. Alan, Alan McGregor, Alan, James James oh, sh- oh, all right, again, uh, that's mad. Here's a couple of quid. Did, did you see the, the yeah. whole Barcelona thing coming out now? That they paid referees, I'm like, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, that's what, what see, one day I wake up, I expect, what did you think they do? I'm sure that's how they ended up in, like, getting oh, yeah, and Serie B and all that. They were paying off the referees. Match yeah. I, I imagine waking up one day and being like looking at whatever online, but Rangers have been caught paying twenty p yeah. to John Beaton for a mix up. <laughs> if he gets <laughs> if he gets a family gigger. But coming back to you, Franny, to kind of keep it on track here, Johnson he got clattered by Halde in the box, rather the balls away from him, and I agree with Matt a hundred percent. It would have been a penalty all day in our box, like so. Do you know what I mean? What What do you think? I think it's a penalty as well. It's not a bad challenge. It's. It's just late. It's a late challenge. That's all it is. And for far not the referee not to be asked, I can I don't know where the referee's position was at the time, so you could maybe argue he's not got a great view, but surely VAR's looking at him going, I think you need to really look at this and see it because he's yeah. wiped out. It's not a bad chance, it's not a booking, it's it's a penalty. It's like Matt said, it's a penalty up the other end of the box. We can deny it all we want, but it's a penalty at the other end of the ground. It is, 100%. And I was with you, Matt, like before, like we've done this podcast, as I said, now for three years nearly, and we were always talking about referees, but none of us really went down the whole the conspiracy theory route. But I think this season has really brought it to head. I mean, with VAR, and you're still getting shafted up the Ringo, you're, you're, you're going to be you're going to be like, what's going on? What's your opinion of VAR so far? Uh, it's, uh, it's caused more problems, but uh, at the same time, you know, it's making it harder for them to get away with certain aspects of certain cheating. But it's, it's the length of time. I, again, I was with the St. Johnson game a couple of weeks ago, and Turnbull's goal, like every every goal was subject to a check. It was mad. It took the excitement out of it. They were ringing. Yeah. I just, I just don't. All in all, I'd like to see it white. I don't know about you, but I'd like to see it white. I just, I agree. Because I. I think they we already had inept referees before, and they've just become even more inept now to have this technology. And you hear the pundits say all the time they're relying on it too much, which I agree with. They're not making their own decisions no more because they know they've got the back the backdrop of VAR. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a bit takes it away from the game. And even with the goals in the weekend, was it Kyogo's goal or no? I one of the goals. Can't remember which one was delayed for like three minutes when it checked it. It's like uh, come on. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a, it's a goal. I don't know, it's it's like terrifying. Terrifying. How long do you need to look at that? Yeah, it was the mega certified. He said it's like they're they're terrified of making mistakes because it's there, and the mistake will be picked up on. So they're it's like they're they're having to chat every single wee detail of a goal before they get it because they're terrified of getting it wrong. Rather than yeah. just you know, what's well, it's, it's frustrating me. But here, here's a, here's a saving grace for you. Alistair Jacks come in. He loves the shirt, Matt. We all do. It's a cracker. Yeah. And Thomas comes in with something quite funny. I've seen this. Rumour Sevco borrowed yeah, more, more money just to pay their bills. That's crazy. A lot of rumours going around Twitter and that as well. But here, coming back to you, Franny, and I'm purposely leaving this the last with Matt because I know his views and this person we're going to talk about. Mr. Joe Hart pulled off an absolute wonder save and then proceeded to nearly punch the referee, clean the gub. Forgive the corner kick. But let's, let's be fair to this, right? The the point-blank nature of that save is an absolute cracking save. And I said at the Matt Offer, it reminded me of Fraser Foster when he could get down 
palm it away and then get up again and palm around the post. That's what it reminded me of. But we had a wee bit of a chat and I'm still of the opinion. It's like he does one good thing and that's to get him an R2 or three year deal. I still think we're going to upgrade him in the summer. I, I do believe he's been he's been a good servant for the club. He's come in, he's filled the void and he, his experience and his leadership has been there for all to see. But what's your opinion on that and his long-term future, Celtic? Well... There's still a bit debate in the group chat how long he's got left in his deal anyway. I'm saying he's still got another oh, is. after this. <laughs> I don't think his contract's up at the end of the season. So I would not have any issue with Joe Hart being your, your number one next season. I think you've seen it the, the last 18 to 20 months and stuff. The guy's pulling off great saves. He's, he's clearly a big influence on that the back four and stuff. They they feel comfortable with him. He feels comfortable with the back four and that's... It's hard to get as much as we champion Barkas so many times, Stephen. You've seen the defence are the comfy with, with that level of goalkeeper. You need you need a Joe Hart type guy. And I think when you look at it pound for pound, you could argue he's been Angie's best signing if you go pound for pound um, for what he brings to the team. Should we be looking to upgrade? I think maybe we will be looking to upgrade, but I would have no issue if Joe Hart starting as his number one next season. I think he's still got it. You see, keepers can go on a wee bit longer. I think he's still got it, but I do, I do maybe understand your argument for what to play out for the back. His distribution is yep. no great. He's no great with the ball at his feet. He's probably never got to get any better. It's, it's what is he, 36, 35 now? He's, he's not really going to be able to train that into him. I don't think he's, he's kind of set in his ways. He might get slightly better and you'll get away with it in SPL, but I think Europe will be found out. But if we get a better keeper than Joe Hart, then great. But I would argue that for any position, if you get a better Carter Vickers, if you can get a better Callum McGregor, a better Kyogo, you should always be looking to get better. But it's just, I would be careful just, and I, I'm basing that kind on Barkas, really, unfortunately. Well, by all accounts, Mr. Barkas is on the first plane out of Holland when his contract expires at Utrecht. <laughs> but coming to you, Matt, I mean, yeah, me and Franny jokingly keep the Barkas train rolling, me more than so. I, I, like, the wind, I like the wind people up and say he's going to make it. <laughs> Part of me wants that to happen, but yeah, it's just the fact fact I can go. I told you so. But um, I mean, for me, Joe Hart, as I said, the and Franny made a great point. His footwork and his distribution. Pep Guardiola famously got rid of him because of it, and that that's fair enough. Obviously, on a, on a lower level, he can do it better. That that's again the level uh, that we play at in the SPFL. But European football, as I said, the I just believe that he's just just one wee step behind in terms of quickness and sharpness and. Distribution now, just get it done quickly. We've seen him lose his uh, concentration in a few games of European football, crept into domestic football as well. I mean, John Duncan comes in just before. Barkas is a very good goalkeeper. He just couldn't handle the pressure of Celtic. So maybe one of us, John, maybe you can join the train with me. But Matt, I've seen on your Twitter, you said he's probably one of the best you've seen in Celtic. What, what do you yeah. think about his future and how he played there? I think uh, Franny made a great point. It's be careful what you wish for with Joe Hart. I honestly do believe he's one of Celtic's greatest keepers in the last 30 years. Pure, uh, number one, talent-wise, he's joint, joint has Golden Globe winner in Premier League history, English Premier League history. As it, you know, that's his pedigree. I think, yes, he has made the almost mistake, but that leadership, not just aggressive, will to win. It's like having a captain without a captain in terms of you know, there's, there's leaders right up through the spine of the team, which I think Anne's just done brilliantly. You've Joe Hart, you've Conor Vickers, and you've Callum McGregor. And 
I just, I just think he's incredible. I, I, I honestly, he's. I agree with what Franny said. He's probably Andrew's most important stater because after the, I called Barkhouse. Barkhouse was like the hipsters' option. For, you know, there's New Year's football fan, passing percentage in the goalkeepers. I never thought he was going to do it at Celtic, and honestly, I, I just thought, you know, I hadn't seen too much of him, but I just thought he looks. He did, the goalkeeper shirt didn't fit him. It was too big on him. You know, he just didn't look like a like a Celtic goalie. Joe Hart's commitment just that just leadership just I, I, I can't say enough good things about him I would keep him for now I would give him he's in our year next season I'll give him a year after that as well and then that you maybe look from, from within that boy Olemu uh, in the reserves mm-hmm. he's very highly thought of maybe from promote from within and maybe try and get a goalkeeper coming through it's going to be there for the next five or six years after Hart I think that should be the plan, whether it is or not, yeah. another matter. But I think you look at the goalkeeper department, you've got Scott Bain, Segrist, Connor Hazard, who won a championship with Helsinki. You've got Toby Alawami, I think he's unknown to Cork in Ireland, the Irish League. So he's he, he's uh, away. Is it Cork, is it? I think it is Cork. I think he's over in Ireland anyway. Aye. What? What? What if we're I don't know, but he's what? definitely over Ah, he's over there. We'll we'll go find him after the show. Matt doesn't get a picture, make sure. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, there is. I mean, Scott Bain for me, he's done. He's gonna he's gonna be like the Ben Foster or like whoever Brad Friedel goalkeeping in his, in his later years does kind of fill in the void. Ah, uh, you got Toby Alawami. I totally agree with you, Matt. I really expect him to excel in the next couple of years. And then Connor Hazard, he played in the cup final for us and we won a cup against Hearts. Funny enough, I think it was that penalty kicks or. And it's like one of these things, you look at these people and sometimes they can fall off the face of a cliff. And the Joe Hart's succession plan, it interests me because, as I said to you, he, he filled the void. I don't see a plan with him. I, if you give him a year after his next year, but push him 38 and, and all that kind of stuff, and he made a great save. But at the end of the day, players have to go. And if, if Postal Cody wants to get a better upgrade... Who are we to who are we to say anything? And, I don't think anybody said that. Like anybody's arguing against that. It's just Joe Hart is a really good goalkeeper. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, and I think that Anne's well always. Anne's did make the comment. They say like you know, fan favorites will go. You know, if yeah. I can find him, Anne does have an upgrade there. By all means, I trust him. I think he's he's a, he's so much credit in the bank that if he if he get rid of. Joe Hart put my dad in this, I would have to trust him because he's, <laughs> he's, he, has, he has that much credit in the bank. But I just think at this present time, like our Celtic board is probably going to get a goalkeeper better at Hart. You know, I, th- I still think he gets in the out with the top four, he gets into every, nearly enough, every team in the Premier League still. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, no way. I agree with that. Pep Guardiola. I'd say the top four. Who've you got in the top four? You've, I, West I Ham. He didn't get in, in the squads. Tottenham. He was for a choice because he didn't play with West Ham. It's hard to get into a squad if he didn't sign with them. Steve. He did play for West Ham. He played with Hacks of Valenfield at West Ham. Are you sure about that? Are you sure it wasn't the yeah. Hold on a wee second, lads, because I, I know for a fact that. he played. Google it, Franny, and then I'll watch your face drop as. You know him, right? Because he, he, he did an interview. He, he did an interview recently, and he was talking about Haxabalovich coming into West Ham when I think it was Pellegrini was there as their manager, and he said he was going to be a top town. And then thing came in, 
with David Moyes and they kind of went up the shitter for him. I'm pretty sure he played for Yes! There's two clubs, two Premier League clubs in Burnley. He didn't get a sniff at, so... His confidence was in the, absolutely in the gutter at that point. I think right now, full of confidence, out with Man City, United, uh, who's the other top of Arsenal, maybe Chelsea, maybe, maybe a top five. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, I honestly think he's that good stuff. I really do. But I mean, there's, maybe there's, there's, there's no doubt we've revolutionized his career. I mean, we did that with Craig Gordon, didn't we? We brought him in from the dumps and exactly. he turned out to be the cracking goalkeeper. And I'm not saying Joe Hart isn't a great goalkeeper. I just have my beliefs and stuff, and sometimes they're r- really wrong. But I have to stick with them because I've said them. So, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll move on from Joe Hart. That was a good discussion, guys. I'll come back to you, Franny. Kyogo, with that wee flick. Oh, sublime. Who was it? Was it the belly scored a flick for us, wasn't it? Against Rangers? He scored against Rangers. Right? Oh, Jackie Marcus done it last season against Tops as well. Yeah. Cracking finishes. Cracking finishes. And mm. he's on his way for 30 goals. And I think when we all seen Jackie Marcus is leaving, there was a wee bit of question marks in terms of <coughs> could Kugel carry the team? By all accounts, like he's carried it and then some. He's on fire. Uh, he's to- I don't know if stepped up's probably not the right, the right term, but he's really. Really coming into his own and stuff. He's he's leading that line brilliantly. Like what's he saying? I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's just like that type of finish. It's just a it's a finish. Is somebody we play with so much confidence and stuff, and just knows how he's knows if knows he's got to score every time he sort of gets a, gets a chance and stuff. And he's got he's got the confidence, the arrogance to do that. Um, I the guy's absolutely flying now. If he doesn't. He, it might even get 40 goals. I think it's a push because what is it? Ooh, 25, 12 games. In that. 12 games it's, left. It's going to be hard because obviously Ange does take, like, tend to take him off after 60 minutes, 70 minutes. And I think you might get, oh, I'll start a couple of games maybe once the, the league's maybe math, like done and dusted. We oh, might get some starts in. But up until then, I think Kyogo's going to be starting week in, week out. But I think I've seen a few things and it's I, I think it's a fair argument. As can you now uh, say he's been the best striker since Larson? I think he's coming into that argument. I would still argue Dembele was, is better. I would take Dembele before him. I would probably actually have Kyogo before Edward now. And I actually think Edward's a brilliant football player, but I'd probably have Kyogo before Edward. Um, but I think he's he's definitely in the conversation is, is he the best striker since Larson? Oh, it's a, it's a hard one. Because you, you look at strikers like Gary Hooper, Scott McDonald. You, you know, I mean, they scored plenty of goals in, in, in a pretty average team. Let's be, let's be fair. You look at odds and Edward, look at Moussa Nabelli, Matt. But you, you, you kind of look at that. Kyogo, to me, is different from all them players. There's no one like Kyogo that's played it with that movement, with that intelligence, with that, with that kind of strike. And I think Joe Duncan <clears throat> has come in here and said Lee Griffiths was a top striker for us. And unfortunately for Lee, Joe, uh, John, sorry, his career went up the shoot. We all know what's happened. He's away over the semi-professional team. In Australia, and that I was saying that Kent McKenna phrase, if you get a fit and fire in Lee Griffiths, he'll score 40 plus. That was kind of a, a running joke for a couple of years. But I mean, Kyogo for me, Matt, is his is, is runs are just crazy. And Posta Cogley said it in one of his post match press conferences that we aren't finding him taking advantage of these kind of smart movements. And the last couple of games, we found him with the front post with the flick, Aaron Moy with the, the decoy pass when Kyogo made the run against them at Parkhead. He's he's on fire. And where do you stand with Franny said in terms of where can you rank him 
among among Strager since Larson? I think he's he's probably the best for me. Um, I, I the comment there, Kevin, fourteen said the system complement Kyogo perfectly. I think that's that's a bang on comment because I think the way Celtic play it just suits him down to the ground. His movement's unreal. His movement, you know, I I've never seen a player like him in terms of you know his, his movement's so clever and like Dembele for me was probably. Probably a more technically gifted footballer, but I think that Hugo is a better was a is a better striker. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. you know. Um, I think he's probably he probably is the best since Larson in terms of what he's offered. I think I would not bet against him one bit getting close to forty or forty goals this year. He's just in, and I always I always measure these these strikers on how to do against Rangers. And I think the cup final is where he really stepped up. He stood up and, I mean, he did nothing. And then back, you know, his movement back and go, you know. Mm. And then he did nothing for the while again and bang go. And then uh, I think that's a mark of a great player. You know, yep. we have had so many players over the years that they'll run about and they'll try and they'll, they'll look like they're working hard and they'll hunt down up. But to be that mark of just working through a game and then switching it on, I think that's what Kyogo is so good at. And I, I don't think Sally had anyone. He's, my doubt, my, my dad sort of made that comment to me as well. He said, like, you know, the amount of games where Larson for incredibly, yes, incredible he was for Sally. There was games where Larson was very quiet, and then it was just, it was almost yeah, a three points. Mm-hmm. And then he was going, there was a goal, and you were, you know, he hadn't done anything for 50, 60 minutes. But uh, that for me is the difference between a very good player and a Genuinely top class player, and I think you will have it. Yeah, it's you know it's I mean? interesting. Like you, you looked at him there. Obviously, learning with Fasal Kobe with Iniesta, Davavia. I mean, who better to learn to trade from? But probably one of the best midfielders that's ever lived in Iniesta. You know what I mean? Making them passes, he's coaching him on a daily basis of where to be and where to run. And I like what you said about Dembele. I don't I don't know about maybe technically gifted, but what I, what I will say, like he was a strong man. He was a strong runner. He get in about people. He he was physical and he he laid it on thick when he was playing well. But I agree certainly that Kyogo is probably a far all all round player better than Dembele. I mean, since Larson, I don't know. I mean, Edward was great at times and he checked out. Dembele signed him on basically a free contract from Fulham and he took everything by storm. Hat tricks against Sevco and all that type of stuff. You throw in Hooper. I know William if he's listening. He loves oh. Gary Hooper. Absolutely loves Gary Hooper, and I think we all do. To be fair, um, and you look at Sc- the lesser ever mentioned player, Scott McDonald, scored loads of goals for us as well. But I'd certainly say he's probably in the top three. I don't want to say he's been the best since he's in the top three because I loved Dembele, Dembele, and I loved Edward when he was when he was on fire. Dembele was he was incredible, and Edward when he switched it on. I mean, he cut him from the left that time against Razors and bump. Uh, Fizzed around the game. Like people forget about them. Valley. The Valley had a season of Saudi where he scored nine league goals. I know. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, know. I get the argument. I get the argument. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he was he was quality in Valley, but he had you know at the time Griffiths was playing as well. You know, and that that was a great that was a great time. Scott McDonald as well. You know, I think he he gets a bit of a raw deal. I've never ever for even when he played for Saudi. Other helicopter Sunday, no, could not take it. I don't know what it was. Yeah, uh, no, I know. I know. The ground was the exact same. Ground was the exact yeah. same. 
I was about 12 when it happened, and I was a very bitter 12 year old because I was just did not like him. It's it's oh, it's one of the players change their colours, don't they? Loyalty. Yeah. There's no loyalty in football. So I mean if you get paid more you're going to that club. I do want to come to the comments here. Um I just uh, Patrick McLaughlin, Kyogo could equal Larson's two two season goal tally and he was injured for four months last season. Um John Duncan again, Kyogo has to score more headers. I mean it, it does he really though? He gets in the bounty like he's in, he's in the right place. Kevin fourteen our system destroying for the back. Five at the back is just a matter of grinding them down. And I think you said it, Matt. Kevin nailed it when he said the system is suiting him right now. But yeah, Kugel, definitely in the top three. I it's it's hard for me right now because I want to see him more dominating in, in European football, taking them chances because me and Willie spoke about it. Sometimes he wasn't clinical enough, but it looks like he's improved that. His, his, his chances that he's missing now is getting less and less and he's taking advantage of the chances he's receiving, which is good Imagine, to see. Because like, I think we probably all agree that he's not as clinical as we actually think, but then you see that stat that he's got 46 goals in 71 games. It's mental. That's mental. He don't think he's clinical, and that's his, that's his goal, his stats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brian, Brian Murray I mean, wants to talk to you, man. When you order Matt O'Reilly on Wish for the CNC Christmas Day, <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> Brian, come on. Yeah. He's a guest. He's a guest. Come on. What kills me about the Matt O'Reilly name is that the Matt O'Reilly player for Celtic is a handsome boy. Do you know what I mean? Is. He is a, I don't think I'm so ugly, please, but... You're preaching yeah, to the but... choir. We'll move on from that and we'll talk about the defence. Matt, we'll come back to you for this one. Starfield picked up a knock. A knock. Kobe Asi comes in at half time. And that's preferred him. Kobe Asi played two games before that, two clean sheets. Saw out this game with another clean sheet. I've been impressed with him. And I, I like the fact as well. Yeah, he looks slight. Let's be honest, he looks like he probably out muscle strong like by strong strikers, but he gets in the bout him. He's up for headers, he's he's trying to tackle people, stand on the ground when he he needs to, jockeying players and he's got a great left foot. The amount of times he cut the ball through the middle instead of going out wide was great because it confused them because he used to star felt playing that simple ball to Taylor, but he was able to fizz it into a Tate McGregor, which brought, brought a different dimension to the game. But where where do you think Kobayashi fits and what do you think since he's saying from Japan? Very positive so far. So we want to be on the first negative point. He does not fully recover from one iota. I thought he looked. I thought he looked slow. He looked weak. He, that big boy for Hearts. Uh, what's his name? Big boy scored the goal midweek. Uh, you know, but, but yeah, I thought he get ragdolled a wee bit. You know what I mean? Um, but it, you know, I, I'm willing him to him. I think tactically he looks brilliant, but just defensively, I think. There's millions of people out there that kind of see Starfelt and say, oh, something need to get rid of Starfelt, get a left-hand center half hit. Celtic looked a lot more open when he was off the pitch, when he was off the park. I'm a big Starfelt fan, but it's in our case of what you might spoil because if we lose him for a couple of weeks, I think, I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit worried because we actually doesn't probably have confidence at all at the minute. Well, do, it's very do, you think it was, do you think it was a mistake then with that Jens go? Oh, but, uh, yeah, big 10. Big 10. But mm, no, I understand, I understand his point of view is he wants to go and play. But I thought that Jens came in, Jens, he's just big. You know, I, I like that from the San Hano, big, aggressive, you know, it's, it's right about people. It's just, that's how I say the Starfelt game that he has, that he, 
you know, a lot of people sort of forget Star Falcon being nasty. Or, do you know what I mean? As, a, as much as a nice person, you're, you're, as much as Connor Vickers. People focus on the other aspect. I say, oh, he's not great with a ball, but I mean, like, the amount of times against Rangers when Morelos was trying to get past Tatum and he was just, he was just hammering into him, do you know what I mean? And actually, I think if I would have kept, definitely kept James on the 100%. I'd have, put, I'd, have, I'd have took him permanently if I could have. If anything I'm- was. was I know that the club he's joined in Germany. It always seeing I say this name, Schalke. What is it, Schalke? Because <laughs> when I first pronounced it, I said, "What was it?" I said Sh- first of all, Shackle, 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 shambles. But um, <laughs> he, he's he's joined them, and I think they've played six games of him. They've had five clean sheets, and he's played in every one of them games. And I think the big Dortmund during the weekend as well. Mm. He was involved in that. But it's all the ifs, buts, and maybe's. And Kobe actually for me, Franny, is he looks. I, I don't agree with you, Matt, to be honest with you. I thought he looked okay. He grew into the game for me. He grew into it. And what what he does better than Starfield, and I, I love Starfield, by the way, but what he does far better is distribution. That's that's 100%. That's nailed on. He has that over Starfield. And for me, you said Josh Ginelli, but let's be fair, Josh Ginelli has one trick. It's just running. He kept up with him and yeah. blocked a few shots. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a, as if he was getting pulled about or... He was getting snapped into, and he, he was shirking away from the game, Franny. I thought, from my point of view, unless you're with Matt, I thought he grew and he looked all right. I know, but I, I thought he looked good and stuff. I've, I've been I've, I've been okay with his performances so far. Also, the previous couple of games were at Parkhead and kind of strolled him a wee bit. But um, I just think I, I, I'm not... It looked good coming out. I do agree he might get bullied a wee bit, but he maybe just need to kind of learn that bit of the game and stuff. I appreciate he's coming over for the G League. It's maybe not as physical. Uh, but I totally agree with, with Matt. It's like, if it's Starfelt or Kobayashi, I don't think, obviously that's not an argument, but it's, it's Starfelt every day of the week now. Kobayashi might be for the future. He, he, he looks more an Ange-type player where he can, he can bring the ball out for, for defence. He has got a great distribution on him. But when it comes to just Defending Starfield's ridiculous. Starfield is really good. He's really good at defending. And we can be a wee bit old school at times and just be like, like Joe Hart is good, he's a good goalkeeper. I he's not the best with his feet, but I'm not caring. He's good at keeping the ball at the net. Starfield maybe isn't the good with the ball at his feet, but boy, you got they can fucking defend at the end of the day. But I I'm I'm okay with, with Kobay Ashley now. Um I think he's he's got a wee bit to go to before he, he dislodges a Starfield, but Hundred percent would have kept Jens. Hundred percent would have kept Jens, but I think it's been more a, a decision for Jens that he's he's obviously not been promised a lot of guaranteed a lot of football and stuff, and he's obviously had to make a way personal. Line. But just totally like Alex, I think Ayer would be absolutely brilliant in this defence. Oh, unbelievable! my rod out for for defence and just bring the boy out and that. I think Ayer would be absolutely ridiculous in this team. Then. Yeah, a lot of people give Ayer on the stick. Ayer was brilliant. Remember that goal he scored against Aberdeen? Literally ran the whole length of the pitch and, and popped in the top bag. But see, see to be fair as well, the question... What is it, man? Another racehorse? He's like a big golden racehorse. Aye. He was built like a tank as well, wasn't he? He was a proper unit. But the, the only question I have in my mind like, is if Kobe Asi gets injured and you're stuck with Welsh or uh, Bosa Lawwell, do you know what I mean? Which is a quite... I mean, it's not a bad fault. Welsh has come in and done well before, but you need that kind of quality to see these last games through. But we'll talk about the other centre-half partner, Matt, and that's Carter Vickers. What an absolute baller this guy is. Ironman, warrior, 
gladiator, whatever you want to throw at him, he'll probably do it, no problem. He's strong, he's quick, he got his goal, which was checked for about half an hour just to see if there's any way excuse they could give it for offside or whatever. But Carter Vickers, for me, where, I know we said where does he rank, but I've asked this question of Ross and Franny as well on the podcast. Is he better in his time than Van Dijk was with us? Not as players and I, but... Um, Van Dijk played in a far wor- like a worse team, you know, in terms of quality. But I think, I think that similar attributes and and I want to call it to stay as long as he can. But I think he looks far too good for the SPL. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think I think he looks a level above it. And Van, Dijk, he's the first defender. He's the first first defender I've seen this probably since Van Dijk that looks too good for the league. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think he's. Like we're talking about comparison, like he will be better best since Larson. I think the same can be said for Carter Vickers and Van Dijk. I think he's the best. <laughs> he's probably better for Celtic than Van Dijk was. I would agree with that, but uh, it's you know, careers about the different trajectory. You know, Van Dijk's not yeah. you know the one, but I think just he looks far too good for the league for me. And it's great that Celtic have what to pay six million pounds for. That's uh, not like. And I don't even know how he wasn't getting in for Spurs, you know. Ask Spurs back then. You know, I, don't, I don't think either the standard has. I think he's as good, he's as, good as, if not better than both of them. For me, yeah. you know, I'd point that out. I don't, I don't see it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Why they wouldn't let him go and you know, play him, you know. But no, what a player. What a player. Uh, this is the argument you said about Joe Hart getting into most teams bar the top four. I would take it for Carter Vickers, to be fair. Most teams, apart from maybe the top four or five, he would stroll into, Franny. And Matt made a great point. We got him for £6 million. He was at Bournemouth for a season while he got promoted, I think, to the Premier League. Came to us on loan, strolled it, and he's came this year. And he's, he's took his game to another level, I think. Not only is he quick across the ground, he's more confident now bringing the ball out. He can pass the ball. That ball uh, was it over to Haxabanovic, pinged over the left-hand side. Crossfield passes and I right on point and like what Matt said there, he he does look far too good for the standard we play at and that's one thing that frightens me. Just one me thing that if he yeah. gets a sniff of something, then he might be like, "Here, lads, I'll give you two years. I need to up my game." So, but I don't want that to happen. I do not want that to happen. I'm not wishing him away. Um, where do you think he he stays with Van Dyke and that kind of company? And there's someone in there to comment saying. He's the best centre half of had since Caesar. Do you go along with that? Well, I'll, I'll take Paul Dyke's word for this, Stephen. I, I mean, I'm only 38, Cam. I've never seen him <laughs> playing. So, but I'll, I'll bow to Paul, uh, Paul Dyke. I think it was it made that comment. I'll, I'll bow to his knowledge. Um, of, but I think if we had to lose Carter Vick at the end of the season, I think that would be a bigger loss than when we lost Van Dyke. Not saying yeah. that he's a better player, I think Van Dyke. Clearly, is a better player. He's like what he's went on to achieve in the game. But I think where we are with now and where we were when Van Dyke was there, I think Carter Vickers is a bigger loss to our team than what uh, Van Dyke would have been. But I do, there's obviously that worry that coming the end of the season, teams down the DPL might look at him and go, well, clearly he isn't a bad player. Look what he's doing up there. Like, they will probably look at guys like Van Dyke, Fraser Foster, Victor and Yama, Stuart Armstrong that are actually going down there. <laughs> uh, they'll probably they'll probably look at that and say, "Well, Celtic have got a habit of producing very good players. 
players that can cut it in this league. So that's one good thing for Celtic to help attract players, but also it's yep. the negative of well, teams might be looking at it going, well, they've got history actually producing good players. But a wee bit of me is looking at Carter Vickers, and if you look at his career, I think he's had 10, 12 clubs or something, albeit loan clubs, and what is a 24 year old? Yeah, this is the first time he's actually settled that team for a couple of seasons. So maybe he's looking yeah. on right. I'm, I'm just coming into my prime. Maybe I just need to find my feet for a few years before this, before jumping ship. That's what I'm hoping that he stays for another, another season anyway. I think if you get three seasons out of a Carter Vickers type player, a Jot or a Hatati, I think they're doing well in, in football these days. Players, apart from obviously the EPL and things like that. They don't really tend to stay with, with clubs for for too long because they get signed into silly contracts down there that it's it's almost hard to get them out of them and that it's just cost too much money. Whereas I think a decent it's it's pocket change unfortunately for them down there to get a cart of vickers in that field. So I unless it's something silly because obviously all bar a, an absolute collapse. I think we've got the Champions League next season and, and as much as we rate cart vickers. I don't see an Arsenal or a Man City or a Man U. I think it's Spurs now as well who's sitting in the top four. I don't see any of them coming in from so I don't see them getting a crack at the Champions League. So I think, I suppose it's a selfish thing. The best thing for me, for, for his career, I think, is at least stick it for another season at Celtic, get a crack at the Champions League. And his profile might rise out of that if we perform well in the Champions League. Like I say, not pushing away, but you've got to be realistic, eh? Maybe as well. Like you look at him, like he may be done with the Premier League. He may be looking at the Bundesliga, the Liga, uh, Serie A. Yeah. Do you know I mean there's plenty of options for players now? You don't have to go to the the holy grail of the English football. It does my I head him when people say <laughs> stuff like that? But I do, I do get what you mean, and I'm not saying you dumb the head him, Franny. But I mean everyone's thinking <laughs> they're looking to go. They're going to England. They're wanting to play for these clubs and get fast amount of money. You mentioned contracts. Could you imagine like it come out tomorrow? We done a Chelsea and give Joe Hart like a nine year deal. I would I'd be sick. I'd be sick. So I mean, what is going on? But like, you, you look at figures and what I love about him, he does, it's the age old phrase, he's humble. He is really like a humble guy. When he gets interviewed with every player in this, in this squad, it's about the team, it's about the efforts of tactic, it's about the evolution of the play. No one has taken individual praise. Jada doesn't even do it. He's an. They're, they're all. They're incredible working together. A tactic, a unit, and long may not continue. But we'll, we'll move on to one of the bad points of uh, the game at Tynecastle, Matt, and that was the the Gorgie Ultras decided to, in their wisdom, apparently throw either it was a, a a dart. Some people are saying a lighter at, at Joe Hart on their first ever venture, being the Ultras for Hearts. Just it's and it's went quiet again as you expect and. We we see these incidents so often. Like the physio with Ibrox last season got cut open, but we've seen loads of objects being thrown in them games and players getting injured. It needs to stop, and it's shambolic that people can let people bring them, like a dart into the stadium. What's going on? Yeah. That's disgusting. Um, there's been so many instances of not just nostalgic, but you know, and I even go back to uh, you know the fan attacking Dean Lennon. You know, it's parts of parts of form that. They're, they're a, they are a, don't get me wrong you know there's some some players playing for them that were great service, have been great service to Celtic you know we took two of our best players of the two thousands you know Stephen Presley Paul Hartley with Gary McKay Stephen on the pitch you know but in terms of their fan base uh, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're they're up our ranges for me in terms of they, they, they seem yeah. to they seem to 
test penalty. And I think it's born in a jealousy. Really, I really do. I think more than any other club, I think it's born in a jealousy because they don't have what we have. And, you know, but go back to the, the you know, the objects, whether it was, if it was Celtic fans on things yeah. that uh, another part, I'd say the exact same thing. It is disgusting. It needs to stop. And, you know, you had it at Ibrox with a broken bottle on the pitch. It's just, well, I don't know what these idiots think they're going to get out of it. They get a stadium fan and then it, it you know, they get ridiculed for being idiots. I know, and, and there was a point in the game as well where Joe Hart literally refused to go behind the goal to collect the ball from him. And it's it's not like you see all the comments and social media by other clubs, look at this shite bag, Hart won't go behind the goal. But it's not that. If you're sitting and you're getting a dart free at you or you're getting an object free at you, and as Matt said, I totally agree. If it's our fans doing it, any fan base, it needs to be called out and stopped because that broken battle, the physio cut could have been a whole lot worse. Nothing's been done about it internally by clubs and that. Hearts ones went quiet. And it's just like it's it's swept under the carpet a wee bit, in my opinion. It's, we don't go we don't go to our work and expect to get bottles and darts or whatever chucked on. So why why should football players essentially go to work and get the same? And I've had obviously nothing's been confirmed but it's uh, has been from, but it, it seems to be that and Joe Hart I don't I think it's something more than a lighter and maybe a coin. He seemed a lot more animated like he was drawing the, the, the attention to it more than if it was maybe a coin or something because usually if it's like a coin or like they'll maybe just chuck it to the side and things but it seemed to be willing to make a point to the referee that there was something bad had been chucked onto the park and stuff and it's like that could seriously hurt the guy it could end this, like like you see, we see Joe Hart was always trying to retrieve the ball back all the time quick as anything that could have went in his eye I appreciate that's extreme extreme uh, situation but that could have went his eye career potentially over and stuff and it's it's scary like the bottle one like Matt was saying that bottle one at Ibrox that is what has gone through somebody's head to for broken glass on a pitch the damage that can be doing and stuff again it's it's any fan base it's it's absolutely moronic it's stupid to actually be doing something like that (laughs) That, that's absolutely right people are are doing some wordplay here (laughs) I appreciate. Uh, I, I know you focus. How do you get a dart? But a dart's a wee thing. Yeah, you can probably sneak that into a football ground quite easy. Glass bottles. It's a wee bit, come on, how can you get glass bottles into football pitch? But I just throw objects on the park, and that it's regardless of you, it's 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 fucking stupid, isn't it? It's absolutely stupid. There, and the thing is, there's someone there, comment, a comment there, which is with a point. Guarantee it's some wee guy. Thinking he's a hard man, you know. Mm. Hearts, no doubt, have mature fans that are disgusted at that. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, like you saw Joe Hart, uh, Joe Hart's got a young family. He's, he's, you know, I don't go to my work. I don't go out to the gig. Well, maybe sometimes, <laughs> you know. <and> <laughs> <trying to, laughs> you no. Know, so why, why, why should he? Why should he be any different? You know, why? Should, it's the same. I was there if it was Alan McGregor, Sander Clark, any. You know, why should they be different? They shouldn't have to feel unsafe. In their place of work. Yeah, I totally agree with everyone in the comments. To go back to some of the stuff here that's been said, uh, Kevin 14, Darda Malovian, disgrace, yeah. uh, stoned outlaw. There was two darts apparently. So again, Patrick McLaughlin, darts, darts, glorious darts. I think that was actually a hard one to say. I thought it was going to mess up. Uh, stoned outlaw, it's a horrible thought. It is, to be fair. And it's people may think we're making a big deal, nothing actually happened. But as, as Franny said, he runs around to get that ball quick, bang. Could be anywhere. Could be on his chest, his eyes, 
And it's just Sean Balik. And I, I want to reiterate as well, any fan base doing it, just knock it in the head. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, you go to football <laughs> to watch the football, not the not the throw coins. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's mad. But we'll, we'll go to another wee point here as well. Franny, we'll talk about Haxabanovich to finish it off. He got his chance. We're all calling for it. And I just don't think it quite worked out for him. Bar a couple of minutes in the first half where him and Atate and um, we're linking up well. Hickey passed the ball to him for the shot that Sander Clark pushed, pushed around the post. It's is it one of these ones he's not quite up to speed yet. And I, I, I kind of hate saying that. He's been there, what, a year and a half or no, it's whatever it's been. Um, I just did, sorry, this this year. Mm-hmm. He's been injured, fair enough. But again, that he should be able to make a, a better impact in 45 minutes. And it feels like Abada's in the same boat. He started the last game as well at uh, Southie Park. Didn't quite take his opportunity to start a full game. Is it a concern or is it one of them things that they're impact players just for now coming off the bench? I think I think they're impact players, unfortunately. I, I really, as you know, I really rate Haxton I think he's a proper, proper player. Like Technically, I think he's our best winger. Technically, I think he's better, he's better than Jota. But yeah. you're not... Right now, your first your front three is Kyogo, Jota and Maeda. No question. I, you might Maeda might get a wee eh, Haxavanis might get, get a wee run. We've not really been not that I know how long Maeda's out. I don't think it's serious. Ange never seems to disclose this anyway. It's never really gives even that much to the media when guys will be back friendly. But uh, I was I was a bit disappointed because like a lot of folk I was excited to see him starting at the weekend there. They had a couple of moments but I think in the main the game kind of passed him by. It was yeah. just one of the ones and it was just unfortunate. Jota was having a really good game. Obviously, the natural substitution was a bad that he come on and Jota go over the left. And I kind of said to the group chat, the, the ball wasn't out the left a lot of the game until Jota went out there and the ball was odd in the left. And you're like, but obviously that was more a tactical thing because Jota was out there and was was having a good game. So I don't I don't really think he he done his sale any favours to stake a claim again. But I wouldn't be any issues if he starts at the weekend again. I, as I say, I really rate the guy. I think he's a proper, proper player. To kind of touch on a bad and at the midweek game, I don't think he was helped by Ralston. But Ralston, I think, kind yeah, of I totally games, agree. Did, did, doesn't help a badder. So, yeah, it's one of them. But I uh, Haxavanovich, for me, didn't take his chance. But I think, anyways, he's got to do a lot now to to oust Maeda. I think Maeda is really important to what we did now. And the actually seen an interview, I've seen an interview with Haxavanovich the other day, and he's. He seems happy within his ways role within the team now, whether that's ten minutes or the, the ninety he gets. So, uh, I just feel maybe next season, Hacks advantage might it was proper like give it a proper. Not that he's not giving it a goal, but I think if he's getting similar sort of game time next season, that might become an issue for Hacks advantage. But he seems happy enough where he is right now and what he's getting to contribute to now with the team. I totally agree. The, the thing would be with Haxel, like I, I totally agree. In technical ability terms, raw skill, he, he's better than probably. Wait, what a chop! What a chop yeah. that boy's got! Unbelievable. He reminds me so much. I've said it before. Chris Commons, in a way, just the way he takes the ball with both feet, can fizz one, can cross a ball, can take players on. Matt as well. And you, you look at him, his profile of a player, European winger, score goals in Sweden, score goals in Russia for Ruben Kazan. Obviously, we've got Abelgar from there as well, but it didn't quite work out for him. And then, as I said, the Franley on the right-hand side of Bada. Is it is it just the case that... I mean, Hacksaw wasn't really coming back from a different form. It was more an injury, but Abada as well. 
Is it confidence with these players? They need a wee, a wee jump, a goal, something to spur them on? Yeah, I think they're, you know, I think they're the two starting choice wingers in terms of the front three at the minute. And I think, I think, I don't think it's anything other than a case of the guy in front of them is just playing better. You know, Jordan on one side and Mary on the other. Mary's come back from World Cup like a man possessed. Um, and I just, I think that Harris of Bonovitz, I would, I would agree with Fanny to an extent. I think tactically, he's probably, you know, him and John are not a knack to be selling the most, you know, in terms of talent, talent, pure raw talent. But John just has that wee X factor that he can just, that I don't think Harris of Bonovitz hasn't shown it as much. He has shown it, but not as much as Jada. But it's, a, it's an unbelievable problem to have. Regarding yeah. uh, Saturday's game, I just don't think. One of the games that happened to every single player just never got started. It was like it was the game, you know, he was build up, build up. He just never got that got that run with the ball, that he run, that cross in that box, you know, just to give him that bit of confidence. He just never got going. But it happens, you know, it's happened to every single player and it'll it'll happen to him again. But he'll also come up with a goal like he scored as well, you know, uh, during the week. It's a great problem to have him. Yeah, I think, as you said at the start of the show, the squad depth has been the best it's been. And people say since Martin, do you know what I mean? I agree. I mean, in terms of players, it's it's fantastic to call upon these players. And I said on the map before we come on, it's all internationals. Do you know what I mean? It's internationals are calling from the bench to fill a void. Just to come to the the, 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 the comments, Stoned Outlaw, in, direct, in Sports Direct for a Seth go top and a pack of darts. Mm-hmm. Kevin 14, he's definitely a player. I like this point. Taylor seems to come inside. More than AJ leaves, leaves the left winger with a lot more to do. Totally agree. Mm. <laughs> I think that's all it is, Stephen. A wee goal of his, of his arse to get him going. Uh, <laughs> Brown Warrior. Likewise, when Ralston plays right back, he comes inside more than affects it. All these tactical tweaks, we don't know, obviously. We're not privy to it. We're not experts in tactics. That's probably what happens. The players yeah. change, tactics change, and when you do that and you have different relationships going, going forward, obviously you have to take a time to kind of adjust to that. To, to kind of round it off, Matt, by the way, fantastic show. It's been it's been incredible. Great, great points of discussion and people in the comments getting involved too. And we were in Celtic, right? We're nine points clear. We've won a cup. We're in a Scottish Cup semi-final. How's this season been for you? Unreal. It's uh, after, after the season that we don't talk about. Um, he's normal. Don't talk about it. Um, it's been it's been unreal. You know, it's it's a great time to be a fan. Uh, long may I continue. Um, it's uh, it's just such a such a lethal such a buzz about playing all the songs. You know that we you know and it's just it's just such a buzz about being a Celtic fan right now. And I, I haven't felt it. You know, I've obviously just fallen through thick through thick through thin through thick through. Then, but I almost got that out there. But it's you know, I haven't felt <laughs> since Roger's first game. You know, and long may it continue. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I think you say about the ten season. Pasta Caldu Franny's come in and does the the connection between us. And as Matt said, see the buzz you get when when you. It doesn't matter who they're playing now. You just want to watch the game, like. So you want to be there, you want to be involved in that atmosphere. And when you had the land, it was like, fuck it, here we go again type thing, getting beat off fucking Ross County and the Cubs and all that. But not the really live past times, but like I said, the Matt, how's it been for you this season in terms of how you've been feeling? I mean, it's incredible. Like, 
Oh, it's, it's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, to think that, like you said, Steve, we started this podcast two, three years ago during that fatal season. How yep. how it's lasted that is unbelievable. How it, how we made it through that season. It was absolutely miserable watching Celtic then to sit and talk about it. It was just, it was murder. But uh, the season's been absolutely, absolutely brilliant. For me, we're, we're two games away from a treble. I don't see how we lose the league. We've got a semi-final and a, a final, hopefully in the Scottish Cup to, to secure a treble, which would be absolutely, absolutely amazing for the team, for Ange and for everybody. And, like, Matt's gigs must be bouncing in there because, like I say, everybody's just kind of getting off the Celtic content and things like that. They're now so... It's, it's been an amazing season, Stephen. It's just been, like I say, long may it continue. 100%. And, Matt, give yourself a wee plug. Let, let the folks know what you do and where to find you. As well. Um, Irish singer, folk singer, rebel singer, Celtic singer. Um, Matt O'Reilly, Irish musician on Instagram, Matty Fool One on Twitter. And um, yeah, Colin, if you like what you're here, you know what I mean? I'm playing, play every week in Mountain Mulligans. And ah, yeah, that's me. And he absolutely loves it. <laughs> Look at the smile on his face. Look at the smile. He loves it, loves the Celtic. Have you enjoyed this one, lads? And Matt, did you as well? Have you enjoyed it? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, boys. Yeah, 100%. And until until Friday when we're going to be speaking about the, the Hibs game on Saturday, isn't it, this week? Aye, yeah. I think it is. Stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail. Thank you.